0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour one.
1: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I did. It was relaxing. All right. I just, I, I can't wait until a small segment to waste your time with this. I got a pork belly from a place called Porter Road up in Nashville, and I smoked it this weekend. I've never smoked a pork belly before. Put it on the rec deck. Made pork belly burn in. Y'all, I may have just discovered my new favorite food. It's like bacon, but something else. I put that bad boy on the smoker for like two and a half hours cubed. And then I rubbed it in brown sugar and butter and put it back on for an hour. I think this will be the recipe this week. If you want to text the word recipe, singular, not plural, recipe, to 33777, I, I think at some point this week, smoked pork belly. For those of you who have a smoker, my gosh, was it delicious. Uh, I, I I had like multiple pounds of pork belly, and I made it for the Guys coming over last night on the front porch, there was not a literally not a piece left of it. Um, it was incredible. Okay, now that I've got that off my chest and it it will no longer distract me because they ate it all. I assumed they would eat the other stuff. Nope, they ate it all, so I had no leftovers of it. I can move on to other stuff. As I have said repeatedly. We are a profoundly broken nation full of broken people these days. And and the brokenness on the left, part of the problem that we deal with as a society is that they're not willing to acknowledge their own brokenness. The level of hysteria over Republican calls and criticisms of the FBI have just taken on a new dimension. I want to play for you this audio clip of, of left-wing uh, Washington Post columnist Dana Milbank. He's on George Stephanopoulos' show. Listen to this look uh this has been a horrific week in the sense of the the threat to the rule of law i mean republicans with their violent talk actual violence have lit a bonfire in the threat of the rule of law uh earlier uh governor hogan was saying he thinks this week was a win for donald trump i think it's exactly the opposite we can talk about them motivating donald Trump's base. guess what they were already motivated Mm -hmm. but what's happening now is they are putting donald trump on the ballot uh because of the way the republicans have all Uh, grasped around him the way they're going to knock out nine of 10 of the House Mm -hmm. Republicans who voted for impeachment uh, because of the Dobbs decision, because of the January 6 hearings. More and more of the midterm elections are looking less like a referendum on the Biden administration, more like do you want MAGA back? And I think that is going to be the long-term takeaway from this week. You know, uh, the fact that they're trying to do that, and and of course this has been the wishful thinking of the left for a while, that they're going to try to make it a referendum on Trump. That's what they've tried to do. You had Joe Biden a while back with his ultra MAGA line. That's what they've been trying to do. There's a real problem here. It is that the left is unwilling, unable, incapable of acknowledging violent extremism on its own side. And this, my friends, sets the stage for really the next several elections. Follow along with me here, if you will. Do you remember Andrew Joseph Stack Third? You probably don't. Andrew Joseph Stack Third was a pilot. And one day he climbed in his Cessna and decided to go pay a visit to the IRS by slamming his plane into the building in Austin, Texas, committing suicide. Andrew Joseph Stack slammed his turboprop plane into the side of the IRS building in Austin, Texas. And it was immediately presumed to be a right-wing terrorist by the media. They rushed out to claim it was a right-wing terrorist. And it turned out that Andrew Joseph Stack was a communist. And Andrew Joseph Stack was upset that the IRS was not taking from the rich and giving to the poor and was wasting money. And he was tired of seeing widows suffer and people not get compensation. And he was tired of his own dealings with the IRS. He committed suicide and decided to take out some IRS agents with him. He was immediately presumed to be a right-wing nut job. James J. Lee, the same year in 2010, went into the Discovery Channel headquarters in Maryland and took hostages. The police stormed the building. They killed him. While it was going on, blue-check progressives and members of the media presumed it had to be a conservative. It had to be a conservative. Why would someone on the left storm the Discovery Channel's building and take hostages. I mean, obviously, it was someone on the right who was upset with the Discovery Channel and its coverage of climate change and progressive ideology. Turns out, James J. Lee was a far-left environmental radical who believed that the Discovery Channel was not doing enough to fight climate change. He was an environmental militant, they had to admit. Many of the people who were speculating it had to be a conservative deleted their tweets to cover up the fact that their presumption was that it was some sort of right-wing nut job. Turns out he was a left-wing environmental fundamentalist who believed that the Discovery Channel was not doing enough to advance the climate change message. And needed to do more. He died at the scene, shot by police. Floyd Lee Corkins went into the Family Research Council in Washington, D.C. The Southern Poverty Law Center had labeled the Family Research Council a hate group. Have a lot of friends who worked there at the time. And Floyd Lee Corkins stormed into the building with bags of Chick-fil-A and a gun. Floyd Lee Corkins had been inspired by the Southern Poverty Law Center's website and anti-FRC rhetoric to go to the building, murder the employees, and stuff their faces with bigoted chicken sandwiches from Chick-fil-A. Floyd Lee Corkins was a gay rights activist. He was stopped by the hero security guard of the building, who himself was shot, but was able to incapacitate Floyd Lee Corkins, who's now in prison. James Hodgkinson attempted the mass assassination of Republican members of Congress. Again, a Southern poverty law center fan and a massive fan of Rachel Maddow and Bernie Sanders. After hearing Republicans were going to repeal Obamacare and kill old people, Floyd Lee Corkins decided uh, he needed to drive down to Washington and stop Paul Ryan and the Republicans from shoving Graham off a cliff in the way the Democratic ads were portraying Ryan and the Republicans. So he showed up, found out where their uh, baseball game practice was, and began shooting the Republican members of Congress, including Steve Scalise, who nearly lost his life. The police shot him. And what did the FBI say? The FBI decided it was actually a uh, suicide by police that, that really had nothing to do with trying to assassinate Republican members of Congress. The guy just was looking for somewhere he could go and die. Don't forget, that's what the FBI concluded. Even Democratic members of Congress were outraged by what the FBI did. I'm old enough to remember a couple of months ago a man showed up at Brett Kavanaugh's house with zip ties, gun, knife, and uh, other tools designed to break into his house, tie him up, torture him, and kill him. He only uh, confessed because his sister pressured him into doing it. As the man said police were coming close, he wound up confessing he wanted to kill Brett Kavanaugh over abortion, over Roe v. Wade. This was before the decision was even released. And I'm old enough to remember the White House to this day has not condemned the man who attempted to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh. I'm old enough to remember... Supreme Court justices being harassed at restaurants because of the decision. And the White House said, this is democracy. This is democracy. For them to show up at their houses and protest and harass their families, it's just democracy in action. That's what the White House said. It's just democracy in action, said the White House press secretary. I'm old enough to remember that. Only happened a few months ago. Jane's revenge has taken credit for a series of fire bombings of pro-life pregnancy centers around the country. For those of you who don't know what they do because you've been indoctrinated by the left, these pregnancy centers provide free healthcare to pregnant moms. They can get their ultrasounds, their neonatal vitamins, see doctors, they can get cribs, they can get rocking chairs, they can get all sorts of stuff. For free or at discount, they get diapers, They don't just meet with the mom while they're uh, pregnant. They meet with the mom after the child is born. They teach the mom how to raise the child. They walk with the mom. They do life together. A series of them have been vandalized. Others firebombed. The FBI not even bothering to investigate. Jane's Revenge is probably a group of people out of uh, some congressional office taking credit for other people's violence, but they've certainly perpetuated it by amplifying it and bragging about it and taking credit for it and encouraging more of it. The Atlantic magazine has a piece out on how the Republicans are pouncing on Jane's Revenge. They love it. They love the attention. They love the presumption of violence. It's all the Republicans doing it. The FBI, by the way, totally ignored Jane's Revenge. It's a local crime matter. It's like Kermit Gosnell, the abortionist, who was literally inducing labor, flushing babies down toilets. He was literally doing that. The Washington Post refused to cover it. They said it was a local crime story until it became a national crime story, and then they buried it. Then, there, of course, there's Antifa. There are the riots during George Floyd protests where they burned down small businesses, stormed down streets. There's the riots during Trump's inauguration where they were burning up limousines and small businesses and smashing windows in Washington, D.C., The media never wants to lecture the left on its violent tendencies. The media never gives a damn about the left's violence. The media only ever hand rings about, oh, my gosh, Donald Trump said something, and now Republicans are criticizing the FBI. There was more coverage of some dude walking into an IRS or FBI office in, in, where was it, Indianapolis, with a nail gun the other day than there has been national coverage of Jane's revenge burning down pro-life pregnancy centers. Around the country, Floyd Lee Corkins went in armed to the Family Research Council with bags of Chick fil A to stuff the mouths of the bodies he intended to slay. The media passed it off as no big deal. One guy goes into an FBI office with a nail gun. And oh my gosh, Donald Trump is provoking people to violence. Right wing extremism is all the danger today. How can you take these people seriously? Violence on both sides becomes a problem, but only one side does the media obsess and fret about when there's an entire history of massive violence on the other side. In just the last decade, Andrew Stack and James J. Lee in 2010, left-wing extremists, one's a Marxist, one's an environmentalist, Floyd Lee Corkins, James Hodgkinson, the Kavanaugh would-be assassin, James Revenge. The list goes on. That's not an exhaustive list. Antifa, the Black Lives Matters rioters in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and Washington, D.C. And yet no one in the media cares. It's mostly peaceful, you know. It's nut-picking to say that one person is representative. And yet you label the entire right wing as extremists. Because the FBI overplayed its hand, went into Donald Trump's uh, home, and took documents out. They could have come up with a better way to do it. They did not exercise prudence in the way you might say they did with Hillary Clinton. And you people want to continue to give them a pass and then scream about right-wing extremism. Is it any wonder people don't take the press seriously these days? Violent extremism is, is a problem on both sides. But when only on one side is held to account and it's over-exaggerated and overplayed, why should anyone take the press seriously on any of this stuff? The answer is you shouldn't, nor should you take the Democrats seriously on this stuff when the Democrats have a history of egging on violent extremists on their own side and then pretending they didn't or it didn't happen when it did. They're still protesting Supreme Court justices, and the Democrats are still fine with abortion extremists firebombing pregnancy centers, and yet... Don't criticize the FBI, and God forbid you show up with a rosary somewhere and pray, you'll be a right-wing extremist. Hello there, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Do not forget, you can sign up for my daily email, and you get all the great stack of stuff uh, that comes at noon as the show begins. So it's show prep for your mind and all the stuff I'm talking about today. Uh, you can see, for example, Liz Cheney is a 29 point underdog in the Wyoming primary tomorrow, her political obituary being written. Uh, and all the other stuff we're talking about today is right there in the show notes email. You get it by texting the word data to three, three, seven, 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 and you will see, uh, the very first link, click it, subscribe. You can subscribe to the free content. If you want the show notes, it's just seven bucks a month. That's all. Now we got other stuff we've got to move to. Uh, interestingly enough, the Democrats are making a big play on abortion this year. They're trying very hard because of Roe v. Wade and what they saw in Kansas to make the entire election about abortion. Now I've seen one of those ads, um, and in Georgia. Let me see if I can pull up the audio here, Stacey Abrams' abortion ad, because this it, I, I, this one is actually pretty um, pretty damning, if you will, in just how malicious it is. It's a flat-out lie by Stacey Abrams uh, in her in in her advertisement that she's pushing in Georgia. Um, this is let's see this this is it. I- it's an attack on the women of Georgia.
0: Brian Kemp made abortion a crime before, before many women even, didn't know even know they are pregnant. pregnant.
1: Stop right there. No one in Georgia made abortion a crime. It is not a crime. You will not go to jail. And he supports a total ban. Even if I'm right. That's not actually true either, but yet she's saying it. A victim of incest. For- That's not actually true either.
0: Pregnancy. Criminalized, Criminalized women. Criminalized women with jail
1: time. Outlaw some birth control. Under Kemp. I could be investigated and imprisoned for a miscarriage. That's not true either. There's actually an exception to the law. So this is a woman, Stacey Abrams, running this ad who claims she's all about facts and truth. And Brian Kemp's lawyer. Everything in this ad is a lie. But also, isn't it deeply damaging to a lot of women? She's using fear and lies to try to get women. How many women may now be worried that they have to go to the hospital because of a miscarriage. How many women might be injured? I mean, listen, they say this about Roe v. Wade, that Roe v. Wade going away, how many women will die because of it? How many women will die because they believe Stacey Abrams' sick, lying rhetoric? And she's not alone nationwide saying stuff like this. This ad is flat out not true. From beginning to end, it tells a series of lies, not mistruths, not misstatements, but lies about Brian Kemp and what Georgia's law is. How many women will believe Stacey Abrams to their detriment and possibly their to the loss of their life because they believed her and yet she claims she's the truth-telling candidate? And they're doing this all over the nation. They've given up talking about anything else except abortion. It's not going to matter because it's the economy, you idiots. The economy is what's going to matter. And the economy isn't good with Joe Biden as president, a man whose name Stacey Abrams won't even say anymore. If you'd like to be on the program, you can by calling 877-973-7425. I got to play you this audio from CBS News. Now, I got to do a credit here to CBS News. So CBS got attacked over the weekend for running a story attributing childhood obesity to climate change. If you actually listen to the reporters, the reporters are laughing about the study. Uh, and, and dismissive of it. But I gotta I gotta play you this audio before we before we move further in. Here we go. From CBS News my talk at the table is a new study showing how climate change specifically higher temperatures
0: is making our children uh, more inactive and more obese the study published in a journal temperature found today's children are 30 percent less aerobically fit than their parents were at their age fewer children are reaching the world health organization's recommendation of 60 minutes of exercise a day now listen it has been a lot hotter, hotter, and the weather has been crazy. But I think it also has to do with technology, you know? Yeah. It's, it, it's one thing not to go outside, but. These kids don't go outside because they can stay inside, yeah. be on their phones, play video games, and be social without having to go outside and be social. Did you always true. go outside as a kid? I mean, I, I always went outside. Oh, on your bike, always, playing all in the trees. day long, all but long. I, I love that. It's different now. You don't it see as many different. kids outside running yes. around. Yeah, yeah, and so that, they're saying it's because of, of climate
1: change. Yeah. Uh, they are fairly dismissive of it, even in the looks on their faces. But here's here's the thing. While the CBS anchors seem to be pretty skeptical of a report showing that kids are obese now because of climate change, the fact that they even ran it as a story and that this was a researched paper is telling. Well, we are getting to the point of unfalsifiability in the claims about climate. Now, I'm going to tread on some thin ice here I am. I recognize it. But I got to tell you, uh, I get confronted regularly on social media by atheists, militant, angry atheists, who say everything I claim about faith. It's, it's the, the imaginary sky god, imaginary sky fairy. Um, it, it's unfalsifiable. It's all by faith. This is the same thing with climate. I say I've got eyewitnesses to the resurrection. They say they have computer models showing climate change. It's it's by faith, but, of course, I have the profound certainty of the resurrection. They have a computer model. What I find so striking here is that everything now is attributed to climate change. There's a story out today. Th- this, one, this one gets me. So California has been having droughts. They got a water shortage and now suddenly, uh, there's a, a hysteria story in, the, um, in USA Today. Let me read this one for you. Uh, experts warn California of a disaster larger than any in world history. It's not an earthquake. A new study says that as the earth warms a massive California flood, gets more likely. One that could swamp Los Angeles and displace millions. Now, California and the West right now are in historic droughts. They're having monsoon season right now, though. Uh, it's getting a lot of rain in, in Arizona, not enough. They're so short of water. The states that use the, the uh, water from the Colorado River are having to come up with a plan. They're having to try to figure out uh, how they're going to balance that water. And along come scientists and say, oh my goodness, climate change makes it more likely you're going to have floods. Now, California refuses to build more water reservoirs. In fact, one of the stories that rarely gets told by the press concerned with water shortages in the West is how environmentalists, in the late 60s and the 70s began blocking plans to build new water reservoirs in California to keep up with growth. Jerry Brown, the former governor there, his father had been governor and had massive plans for massive reservoirs throughout Eastern California in the desert to collect rainwater that was coming out of the mountains, store it there in big lakes for California to use. And they refused, the environmentalists did to go along with it. They blocked the programs, blocked the dams. And now, California, which could have extra hydroelectric capacity and water reservoirs, is suffering from environmentalists. You're not allowed to talk about that, though. It's all documented history. But amazing, isn't it, how we talk about overgrowth and too much growth and California didn't manage. Actually, California had a plan to manage its growth. But the left, back in the 60s and 70s, blocked it all. Now we have a study that's come out that claims climate change is going to cause floods in California, They might need some extra rain in California. They might actually need reservoir capacity in California, which they don't have. But it's bigger than that, too. And herein lies the problem. Everything gets blamed on climate change now. Political violence around the world is getting blamed on climate change. Riots getting blamed on climate change, the, the uh, mass migration of people to the United States from Central and South America, getting blamed on climate change, childhood obesity now, getting blamed on climate change. It's unfalsifiable. It is, so a long time ago, in the Middle Ages, demons, witchcraft, and the vapors were to blame for everything. Well, there's a vapor in the air, and that vapor in the air is what's causing the person's madness. Someone cast a spell. If we find the witch and burn the witch at the stake, we can cure the problem. This is modern witchcraft, sorcery, and mythology. Everything is blamed on climate. Your child is getting fat. Well, it's because your child doesn't exercise enough. Well, that's because it's too hot outside for your kid. It's not that much hotter than it has been. Even so, it's actually been pretty mild here in the deep south in the last week or so. We're on the verge of rebounding up to some temperatures. But, you know, in June, it was pretty mild. We've had a lot of rain. It's made things humid. But it's been livable. It's not really that different. I mean, I'm in middle Georgia. Georgia. It's not nearly as humid as it was when I was in South Louisiana and South hot Louisiana, hot, humid South Louisiana, hotter than it is here. And I was outside all the time as a kid. My grandparents lived on a a big plot of land. There's a bayou in the back and, and forest. I'd go out there with my best friend, Ryan Ivy. We would play all over the place. We'd stay outside all day. My parents were very hesitant to even get me a Nintendo. They didn't want me to come inside and play video games. We finally got a Nintendo, but we were still outside a lot because you couldn't pop firecrackers in the house, and we loved to sneak and shoot firecrackers. It wasn't any cooler then than now. But no one was blaming climate change. It's become unfalsifiable, but it is a cult. Into which the Democratic Party has fallen. So much so now that everything has to be about climate. Jennifer Granholm, who was after Pete Buttigieg, may be the smuggest member of the Biden administration to show up on TV and was on with uh, CNN, asked about the Inflation Reduction Act, which more and more studies shows doesn't actually do anything about inflation. Listen to the smugness of this answer. I'm gonna play you the question too so you get the full context here.
0: There are three independent studies though that show it's actually going to have a minimal effect on inflation and that many parts of the bill obviously don't even take effect until next year, some years later than that. So what specifically will this bill do to lower costs for Americans right now. Oh, I, this this first of all, immediately, um, people will be able to lower the fuel costs in their home. There's a 30% tax credit that you can claim in 2022 for installing energy-efficient windows, heat pumps, energy-efficient appliances, that is right away. And on top of that, of course, if uh, citizens want to install solar panels on their roofs so that they can generate their own power, that's another 30% tax credit. Um, And of course, there's the tax credits that are at the dealership for the automotive sector, for electric vehicles. So, and if you install an electric vehicle charging station in your home, you can also get a tax credit. So there's many ways that this bill lowers the costs for everyday citizens. And that's one of the reasons why it's anti-inflationary is to lower the cost.
1: What, if you go out and spend money, you'll get a tax credit? What if you're in the income tax bracket that doesn't even, pay taxes. This is one of the the, the the perverse parts of the Democratic initiative. They presume that poor people have the cash on hand to go buy the expensive light bulbs and the expensive car. They would love to be able to do that. Do the Democrats not even relate to the middle class anymore? This is exactly why they're having problems with the working class. And it's all about the climate. Even Bloomberg now has a, a story out about how it's actually a climate bill masquerading as an inflation bill. No one believes that it is an inflation bill. John Carl fill it in for uh, George Stephanopoulos over the weekend with the White House press secretary. But, but let me ask you, it's, it's called the Inflation Reduction Act. But the Congressional Budget Act uh, Office, which is nonpartisan, said that there would be a negligible impact on inflation this year and barely impact inflation at all uh, next year, I mean isn't it almost Orwellian? How can you call it inflation reduction no. when the nonpartisan experts say it's not gonna So I appreciate
0: that. Out? I appreciate the question. We've actually addressed this this the CBO It was the top line number. There's more in there that shows uh, that it will have the money uh, From remember how we're doing this too. It's it's making sure that billionaires uh, In corporate America are pairing paying their fair share, making sure that it's that the tax code is a little bit more fair And so when you do that when you put it in its totality you will see, see that it will it will bring down lower the deficit well which will help fight inflation look here's the thing we have 126 economists both in the both Republicans both Democrats who have said it's going to fight inflation we have five former uh, secretary, so uh, secretary of Treasury the of, well there's more to it it's just
1: more to it yes it's climate' so what it is. If they, if they solve the climate problem, and essentially what they want to make the argument about is that because it will take us away from oil and gas long term, it will reduce inflation by getting rid of those pressures on energy. This is cult-like obedience to an imaginary God. And you and I are forced to suffer for their gods. This is the most bizarre move that this White House has done, and I just really – we I don't think we've seen polling yet that digests the fact that the Democrats just passed an uh, Inflation Reduction Act that does not reduce inflation in any meaningful way, and their solution is, well, if you'll go buy an electric vehicle, an electric charger, we'll give you tax credits, and that'll save on your taxes, and that'll help with inflation. That's their answer. The dogma of the environmental elite in this country, I mean, a a buddy of mine was just texting me during commercial break and said, you know, uh, the White House is expressing concern about China and Taiwan, but we can't really engage against China on this issue because of climate change. We need China to help us with the climate, the entirety of the Western world and its security apparatus is held hostage by the demands of the of the greens and climate change remember they want battery powered rechargeable tanks what happens when the russians take out the power grid and you can't charge your battery powered tank these people are fools they are fools this is roman's one territory believing themselves wise they became fools that's what's happening here it is a cult they are worshiping creation and you and I will be forced to pay the price unless, come November, they pay the price at the ballot box. One of the areas you are paying the price right now is your, well, 401k. I don't even want to look at mine, y'all. I don't want to look at my 401k right now. I mean, the market's been pretty good in the last couple of weeks, but overall, not so good, not so good. If you're worried about the ebbs and flows of your retirement savings, consider gold and silver as a way to stop the ebbs and the flows as much as they are. You can reach out to my friends at Gold Co. at 855-904-5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call my friends at Goldco, find out how you qualify for their offer. They've helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and stock market crashes. They might be a good fit for you. If you are at all interested in using gold and silver, reach out to Goldco, 855-904-5933, or just text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, text ERIC to 33777. I will text you Goldco's phone number. Hello there. How are you? I hope you had a good weekend. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this year program. I I I really, I'm, I'm, buddy of mine used this phrase. Have you heard of Blue Anon? Blue Anon is QAnon for the left. A buddy of mine used this phrase earlier. So in the Atlantic, they got these two crazy stories. One is how the right uh, is benefiting from and championing a left-wing terrorist group that is burning down pregnancy centers in America. Jane's Revenge is the name of the of the terror group, um, and the FBI, by the way, not interested in investigating this group at all. Uh, and and the, the Atlantic is also running a peace day. I kid you not that the rosary, the rosary, you know, the Catholic rosary. It's a sign of extremism. This, my friends, is Blue Anon. You you know, the the QAnon folks believe some crazy stuff. The Satanist deep state cabal of human traffickers around the world. They strung a bunch of stories together to make it so. uh, they, they just, I mean, crazy people. And there were some people I know who I've always respected and thought were sane people who bought into it. it all started to fall apart the q guys are back but blue anon is kind of the same thing there's just one fundamental difference between blue anon and q anon the media is all in on blue anon the media is all in on donald trump as a threat to democracy who probably tried to sell state secrets to the russians i mean they totally believe this stuff Uh, what we so The media has been uh, gone with gusto towards trying to expose and debunk QAnon but can't do it to BlueAnon because the media is part of it. They are in on the conspiracy theory. They believe it. They intuitively have bought into it. They believe it with every fiber of their being and you and I can't disabuse them of the notions that they have because they're in the conspiracy theory. They've become conspiracists. This is deeply, deeply, deeply troubling when you believe that a a free people actually do need a free press. But when the free press has been captured by the Democratic Party and the conspiracy theories that its hardcore base perpetuate, the press is no longer free. The press is part of the problem. And the press uses its clout and influence to try to censor anyone who would object to the crazy things that the press says. And sadly, it looks like to some degree they're even capturing Fox News. I saw Fox um, referring to gender-affirming surgeries this morning on Twitter. Gender-affirming surgeries, which means genital mutilation. That's what they're actually talking about. But uh, Fox has subtly been pushing the trans agenda over the last... Uh, a few months, and they're captured by Blue Anon, it seems, in parts. Uh, But it's a pervasive thing on the left, and you can't talk them out of it. They all believe this crazy stuff.